On today's Josh Nason's Punch Out, we dip back in the world of mixed martial arts with part two of the four part series, looking back at the year that was in the sport of Kings. Of course, headlined by Charles Oliveira becoming the first ever UFC champion to lose their title on the scale. Yeah, the scale knocked him out. Had him miss weight by half a pound. There's a controversy around that. So we talk all about that situation, which happened at UFC 274, which also featured one of the most boring title fights in UFC history. And a month later, one of the most exciting fights in UFC history, title-wise rather, Yuri Prochaska, Teon Glover Teixeira. We talk about that at UFC 275, the retirement of UAN Jacek, and everything else that happened in April, May, and June. Helping me do that, of course, is Paul Fontaine. So let's get right to it. Part two of the four-part series of the year in review in mixed martial arts. Enjoy. The year in review in MMA continues, episode two, part two, part deux, where we want to call it. Paul Fontaine returns, of course, of this very website and Fight Game Media, a brunch expert, as we were just talking about. Man enjoys it. Well, I forgot to ask you, what do you usually get for a, a brunch? It depends on the mood and on the uh, on the um, the menu, you know, wherever we were. I, I Today, I got uh, a nice little eggs and salmon. So, you know, a little bit of both. Salmon. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Smoked salmon and a yep. uh, little bit of um, uh, sourdough bread and this nice little salad that had like this really tangy dill sauce. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. It was, I it was like, interesting. I like a good, uh, let's see, what do you call it? Sausage, uh, sausage gravy and biscuits, sausage and. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 That's one of my, we, uh, my favorites. One of the highlights of the F4W uh, weekend that we do every May in uh, vegas is the uh the, the brunch you know dave and brian are there Vinny, yeah. and we go to the cosmopolitan and they just they have everything yeah and it's uh yeah it's pricey but it's it's a lot of fun so i encourage all the listeners come out to vegas next may and have brunch with brian Vinny, and me right that's it that's <laughs> it just for brunch and then leave don't do yeah. anything else right just for the brunch yeah yeah, yeah. just for yeah. the brunch so we'll uh we'll talk about some people here that uh did not you know, probably weren't able to eat brunch or anything the next day after some of these fights. Of course, going over the uh, second or the, uh, yeah, so uh, April, May, and June in 2022. So in case you didn't hear part one, just came out, uh, what, last week? So January, February, March. So as we do, we kind of go through the month, uh, take out some of the big chunks of uh, interesting information, you know, big headlines, all those type of things. Uh, reviewed almost 1,500 headlines for this uh, three-month chunk. However... Paul, we're going to do something a little bit differently with uh, with April. I didn't really see anything that stood out to me that much. So we're just going to go in chronological order. And then uh, there was definitely some stuff for May, um, obviously, with uh, Charles Oliveira that we'll get to in a minute in UFC 274. But we're going to do things a little bit differently. So we'll um, we'll kind of split this sure. up and and, uh, and talk about a few of these. So uh, the month kicked off. Uh, Stefan Bonner, uh, Stefan Bonner, rather, uh, revealed that he lost everything in a house fire. There was some fundraising and uh, and such going on him. Just a really interesting, unique, sad kind of post UFC run uh, for Stephen Bonner, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gaslam and Uriah Hall were uh, both injured and missing upcoming events. Uh, UFC filed for what the fight trademark, been playing off the uh, very popular WTF. Hamzat Shemaev promises mother he's going to retire after becoming the legitimate champion. Uh, whatever that means, but just kind of keep that in mind. Obviously, with that, that stood out because of uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and the relationship that he had with his mother. And just it seems like it's something where, obviously, his father passing away that obviously a big influence there. But there's a certain aspect of these guys aren't in this for life in terms of in the cage, around the cage, supporting it seems to be. But that's just something to kind of keep in mind down the road. If all of a sudden Chimaev decides to retire, um, that's kind of just out there as well. We had UFC. 273 with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, big TKO win over the Korean Zombie to retain the, retain the featherweight title. Uh, Aljamain Sterling picking up a split decision win over Peter Yan to retain the 135-pound title, the bantamweight title in that rematch after that first controversial fight. 
Hamza Chmaev won a unanimous decision over Gilbert Burns and later on Dana White making comparisons to Ronda Rousey and uh, Conor McGregor in terms of the rise of Chmaev and Mackenzie Dern picking up a split decision over Tisha Torres. There was a, uh, it's interesting, we'll talk about this later in the series about the uh, suspicious betting activity and so on. There was a PFL Challenger Series event that was a tape delayed show that they'd aired and the way that they kind of uh, portrayed it is that they didn't they didn't exactly make it clearly obvious it was tape delayed for whatever reason, which I don't know how people don't understand that at this point. But regardless, uh, there was definitely some betting activity that went on there that uh, got flagged because of just the way that things were positioned. That was a little bit of a mess. UFC announced they were giving sixty thousand dollars in Bitcoin every event to fighters based on fan voting. Of course, Bitcoin had quite the year later on. Alex Pereira, uh, Pereira rather, celebrated 10 years of sobriety. Uh, Conor McGregor was charged with six offenses after being pulled over in Ireland. Uh, Zhang Weili versus Yuan and Jacek was targeted for UFC 275. Obviously a big rematch there. Dana White said that Colby Covington should have been ready for the sucker punch from George <laughs> Jorge Masvidal. And outside that restaurant that we talked about last time out, Cowboy Oliveira and Chase Sherman, both were done with the UFC. But then Chase was signed literally days later and then missed the fight uh, due to some uh, injury or something along those lines. Kind of a weird thing. Henry Cejudo was officially back at USADA pool, but Dana White insisting that he is indeed retired. And then Marlon Raich also retired. Of course, fighters never retire. They just take long vacations. Uh, let's just start with that uh, that first block there. Anything catch uh, your eye? Yeah, a few things. Um, the uh, comms out, I, I remember just... Uh, you know, like the year before there was, or even maybe earlier in this year, there was like talk that, you know, he was going to retire and, you know, he had that really bad COVID bout. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, you, you hear him talk about that and you just kind of wonder like if his head is kind of in it and he cut some bizarre promos this year and you just, you just kind of wonder. And that fight with Burns didn't really light people's world on fire. You know, I think that whole pay-per-view in general, and, and you can go right into uh USC 273 was, you know, kind of disappointing. You know, the main event was basically just a massacre of, you know, of, of the Korean zombie by Alexander Volkanovsky. And then we had like a whole bunch of decisions and some, you know, people that UFC has put some promotional muscle behind, like Kamzat and Mackenzie Dern and even Mark Madsen just having, you know, kind of uninspired performances. Um, the one big uh, thing on the on the fight was uh, Mike Malott, who um, had gotten a contract on the Contender Series the year before, getting a first round TKO, and he's a guy that you know is has been a coach for a long time, and his brother plays in the NHL, and uh, you know he got a name win over a big name Mickey Gall, but we haven't seen him since, so mm. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with him. Um, and then uh, the PFL, I mean, this is not the last time we'll we'll talk about gambling in this series. Uh, this one was really, you call it a little suspect. This was to the point of them showing live betting odds during the broadcast mm. for a show that was taped. Um, I, you, you know, like weird, and right? people were betting on it. Yeah. It, it's something bad about that. Um, the UFC thing that, that 60 K in Bitcoin, it ended up being like a popularity contest where, you know, basically the three biggest name fighters on the show would win and it didn't matter. Like sometimes they even lost their fights and they would win. And then like the joke was, you know, cash your bonus in right away because like there was one, I remember we, uh, you know, they, they were giving them each 20 grand. Um, and the, uh, by the Monday when, when I recorded my podcast with Ryan Frederick, the Bitcoin that they had won was already down to 11 K. Like, so it was like, <laughs> you need to cash this in like yeah, right away. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Chase Sherman, uh, this is hilarious because I, I feel like this guy's been cut like six times yeah. and he just keeps coming back. And there was, he had a fight a couple, about a month ago that, that was scheduled and it was canceled on fight day. And, and then, you know, when we did our, when we did our show the, the next week, I'm like, Oh, He'll probably be back like within two weeks. And sure enough, like the next week he was on the card for the following week. So, it, it, you know, it's like he just and I worry about that guy because he takes so many fights and he takes a beating every single time. And he's got heart and he won't say no to a fight. But I worry that, you know, like 10 years from now, what kind of quality of life he's going to have because he's a heavyweight and he's taking a lot of damage. Fun fights. But, um, yeah, it's it's not. uh 
not conducive to your long-term health. So hopefully things go better. Yeah. And Marlon Moraes, I mean, he would be back by the end of the year because uh, <laughs> he fought on PFLs uh, last, or he was scheduled to. I think he, I think he might have pulled out at the last minute. No, he, fight, he but... didn't. He lose to the other Moraes, Shaman Moraes. Oh, you, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Marais, he yeah. subbed in for. Um, yeah, you're right. He subbed in for uh, Jeremy Stevens, I think. Um, who I think it was Jeremy Stevens who had signed with. PFL. He was a last minute sub, anyways. Well, yeah. One of the two Moraeses. And yeah, yeah. Uh, may, I may be shaming that that was the last minute sub, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, he fought at, at the end of the year. So it's just, he was done with UFC. That's all. Yeah. All right. Let's go to this next group. And really, we'll, we'll kind of headline by this, which was the uh, the rematch uh, Beltor 277, Patricia Pitbull taking on AJ McKee, and Patricia Pitbull decisioning, defeating AJ McKee by decision to win the 145 pound title in the rematch leading up to this. McKee. Again, talking money, uh, as most fighters do. Said he won a $1 million guaranteed purse per fight if he was going to stay with Bellator. Uh, talked about his dream of fighting in the UFC. And then after the fight, said he wanted the uh, Pitbull trilogy, but wanted to be at 155 pounds as he was done with featherweight. And also in the co-main event, uh, Corey Anderson against uh, Vadim Nemkov uh, for the light heavyweight title. The fight ended at clash heads. No contest. I remember watching that. It was, I think it was like around... 11.45 at night, my time, or might have been around midnight, and I'm like, I'm tapping out. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah. I have to watch the rest of this tomorrow. But it's just such a like lackluster end to a fight, especially for a title fight and you know Corey Anderson surging uh, at that time. So that was kind of disappointing. We'll talk about that in a second. So Alexander Volkov versus Yair, uh, Yair Rosenstrike uh, was tapped for a fight night main event in June. Well, UFC Vegas show, Bilal Muhammad defeated uh, Vicente Luque in a rematch by unanimous decision. And I clearly stand here because we just talked about Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Drakkar Close uh, fought on this show. And leading in this, he said he was still not 100% after that shove from Jeremy Stevens at the weigh-ins in, what, 2021? We talked about that last year. And it's it's crazy because the show, it didn't, we talked about this last year, it didn't look like that much. But he was still saying in, what, April 2022 that he was still not 100%. And so he, he came back on the show, but that... Really kind of stood out to me. Um, Steve Miocic uh, reportedly was offered an interim heavyweight title bout against John Jones. That obviously would not happen. I, mean, I don't know if we'll ever see Miocic fight again. Who knows? Uh, Michael Bisping said he was a quote unquote a little bit serious about accepting a Jake Paul call out. Uh, Gilbert Burns said Dana White promised him a big fight after the Chimaya fight and how happy he was of that. Luke Rockhold said UFC offered or sorry uh, Paul Acosta said Luke, Luke UFC offered the worst option. In Luke Rockhold, so people are happy, people <laughs> sad. Uh, Robert Whitaker was out of his 275 fight with Marvin Vittori, but the bout was later rescheduled for UFC Paris, their debut there. Uh, the company, I thought this was interesting because they don't like tournaments, but they booked these four four eight-man Asian tournaments for this Road to UFC series. as just folks in Asia with more kind of lighter white weight classes. So that kind of caught my eye again because they, they don't like tournaments here, but in other countries they're uh, more than happy to do it, and it kind of suits their purposes. Yeah. Uh, Bellator 278 and 279, back-to-back shows in a weekend. Why? I don't know. Uh, Liz Carmouche <laughs> defeating Juliana Velasquez to win the flyweight title, and then the next night, Cyborg Santos defeating Ariane Blinkow to retain the featherweight title. To me, you combine those in one show, you have just a better card. I, again, we've talked about this for years. I don't understand how why they do so many shows. Uh, UFC Vegas 52, uh, Jessica Andrade submitted Amanda Limos. In the main event there, and then Ben Rothwell signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship after being released from the UFC the month before. Thoughts on anything there? Uh, yeah, a lot of Bellator in this uh, little yes. segment. Yes. Um, in fact, yeah, more than UFC, honestly. And and I agree, you know, with that. It's not for me so much that they run too many or too little. It's they're just so erratic. Like you know, in this month we had three, and then there'll be months sometimes where we don't get any. And I think the last two months of the year, I think they, they've only had one show. So it's like there's no consistency. So I think like part of why UFC does well is, you know, every Saturday night, they're pretty much like there's the odd weekend off. But almost every Saturday night, there's a UFC. So you tune on ESPN, ESPN Plus, you're going to see fights. Bellator, you have no idea. Is it going to be Friday? Is it going to be Saturday? Is it going to be in the afternoon? Like, we don't know. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and then but I mean, this was like three you know, quality, quality fights like Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee four actually, if you want to include the, um, you know, the Anderson Nemkov fight and then, you know, Carmouche and Cyborg, like these are legitimate, you know, uh, versions of a world title in, in all these cases. And, uh, 
and and but nobody watched like you talked about watching it like i didn't even watch it like i think i may have watched it after the fact but i'm definitely not watching bellator live like ever yeah um it it airs on youtube here uh we don't there's no canadian uh, company that oh has, interesting uh, yeah yeah and and it's like so i just go back and watch it later because the other thing with their shows i find and and you you know you talk about 1145 and they still haven't even got to the main event like you're talking about the co-main so like they just go on forever these shows and they they'll do a fight and then they'll talk for 15 minutes and um and oh, it's that's the, the same talking heads oh, yeah man. it's just it's just bad and people used to complain about ufc but bellator i find is far worse um and other than that like the uh, the ufc vegas it wasn't really much especially you know for uh for a vague very big show i assume that yeah that would would have been an apex show but yeah um the um miosic and, and john yeah miosic and john jones like i don't know what's going on with miosic but he could have had this fight uh probably december or J- july 1st and then december and for whatever reason he just didn't want it and now it looks like it's going to be uh francis so he's, you know, like you said, maybe we're never going to see him again. And, and that would be sad, but I guess he's, he's got other priorities. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, Rockhold and Costa saga. I remember when this fight was first rumored, I was just, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Then they signed it and I was like, it's not going to happen. Someone's going to pull out. I would, did my most shocking thing of, of 2022, maybe that we actually did see that fight uh, down the road. Um and and it was good and and you know what by the end of the fight i was a fan of luke rockhold and i have hated luke rockhold for well over a decade interesting and uh, yeah and he won me over in that fight so um you know by the end of it you know i'm too old for this shit (laughs) (laughs) i was just i loved him i was like okay finally some humility out of this like i I won't even say the word yeah we can Um, all relate the d starts with a d and ends with a bag um (laughs) but uh yeah so yeah good good and cost is just a knucklehead so i think that was part of it too all right we'll go over this uh final group for the month uh dan hardy claiming that for an exhibition fight he had coming up a boxing match he was going to make more in that fight than in his t- entire UFC career. I thought that was uh, interesting. Uh, Francis Ngannou just mentioned him appeared at a Tyson Fury fight in the ring. So again, that kind of that circling the wagon, so to speak, to try to make something there. And again, this is uh, dalliance with boxing continued. Uh, one announced their deal with Amazon Prime. Uh, our favorite, one of our favorite uh, subjects on the show, Alexander Gustafson, and versus uh, Nikia Krylov was targeted for a July show, and then Derek Lewis. Uh, taking on Sergey Pavlovich, Pavlovich, rather, for UFC 277. The PFL season began. Colby Covington claimed he had a brain injury after suffering that aforementioned sucker punch from Jorge Masvidal. Uedi and Jacek, I thought this was funny because we'll talk more about this in a minute. Uh, Uedi and Jacek signed a new multi-fight UFC deal. UFC Vegas 53, Cheeto Vera picked up a, a unanimous decision victory over Rob Font. Rob Font missed weight going in this fight. I remember being very excited for this fight because, again, two... Uh, two contenders, right? At, two newer guys, but kind of been going up the ladder right at that point of the just, you know, this is like perfect matchmaking for this division for me because two guys ready to go and kind of take that next step and uh, prove against each other. And Cheeto Varigan, his uh, his great year has uh, continued. Uh, Surreal Gone versus Tai Tuavasa was initially targeted for the UFC Paris main event in September. Again, that was their first ever show. That would change a little bit down the road. Obviously, we do the aforementioned uh, Robert Whitaker fight. Uh, Ronda Rousey, I, I complete missed this. Ronda Rousey's mother, big friend of yeah. Dave Meltzer's, uh, appointed the uh, California State Athletic Commissioner. Completely missed that. And then uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov, uh, let me pronounce that again. Zabit Magomed Sharapov was, uh, I want to say revealed, but he kind of showed himself working for a humanitarian organization that with hospitals. Obviously, he had a great early UFC run and really was tabbed to be a potential UFC title contender. And around 2019, give or take, he was done. And it was some question at that point, the pictures, like, is he going to fight? And his brother was fighting and all that. And then uh, two months later in June, he actually retired. So his uh, MMA career was done. And again, who knows with MMA, as we talk about every single episode of the series, someone comes back, but he seems to maybe one of these guys that does not. But thoughts about any of that before we move on to May? Uh, Zabit retiring was, you know, a bit of a... Uh, shock uh, but again like he hadn't fought in a couple of years and uh, you know and given what he what his priorities seem to be you know this is one where I actually would not be surprised if it sticks um, just you know I, I think he had some pretty serious injuries and just some more important things in his mind that he wanted to deal with so 
Um, yeah, uh, but uh, you know, good best of luck to him in the future. I was another just like you. I this the Ronda Rousey's mom thing completely slipped my mind, but it reminded me of something funny. Uh, you know, her mom's name is Anna Marie Demars. And when the Netflix movie Blonde came out and I heard it was Anna D. Amaris, I'm like, Ronda Rousey's mom is like the star of this Netflix movie. I can't see like, that. Uh, that would no, be, uh, that would be definitely something. Definitely not. Major definitely not. Yeah, yeah, especially the content of that one. Yeah. Uh, PFL season beginning was, was uh, you know, I always enjoy their their shows. Um, they're, I will watch PFL over Bellator like, you know, nine times, nine out of 10 times and, you know, 10 times on Sunday or whatever the expression is, because <laughs> I really enjoy their broadcasts and they're obviously more accessible and they just do some different things like with the, uh, you know, with the format, with the playoffs and um, all that. I just find as well, like they're, the pacing leaves a little to be desired. So I generally like I'll put it on the PBR and just skip all that stuff. I can't watch it live. Um, and, uh, you know, continuing with the, uh, minor, you know, minor promotion MMA one announcing with Amazon prime, um, they got a lot of buzz. And, and I remember when, when it finally came time for that first show, I heard more people talking about one and, and really than any non UFC MMA than I had probably in a couple of years. Um, a lot of people checked it out. I think it was kind of a precursor for, um, you know, the NFL getting on an Amazon prime. It was, it, it was a, a month or two before and just kind of testing the waters at quote unquote live sports. Uh, it actually, a lot of people thought it was live and it was actually had been recorded, uh, you know, like in the, you know, like 12 hours earlier in Singapore or wherever they, they, you know, they, they taped the fights, but it was presented as live and, um, I don't think they were taking bets on it. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, but I, I did check that out on, on Amazon prime. And, and again, their broadcast is, it's very much like a modern day pride, like just the way it, you know, they do their presentation and even the fights, they have some different rules. You can do, you can do kicks to grounded opponents and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it is a, it's a different, slightly different product, but you know, and they generally will put, the, on these Amazon Prime shows, they'll try to put at least one or two names that are familiar to U.S. fan, uh, U.S. audiences. So, um, yeah, it's uh, good for them. And Joanna uh, signing the multi-fight UFC. When you're doing your notes, um, and you've always got JJ, and I'm like, as I'm reading, oh, as I'm John reading J. ahead, I'm like, <laughs> are you talking about John Jones or you know? And I'm yeah. like, I don't remember it being then, but it's it's almost like wrestling with KO. Right, um, exactly. Because you, know, you, got, you got Kevin Owens, Kenny Omega, Kazushika Okada, uh, Cassius Ono. I'm sure there's a few I'm forgetting, but right. KO is very popular in wrestling, and Double J is popular in wrestling too, but also in uh, MMA. That's right. So let's go to May, yeah. and to me, the yep. uh, the big story of the month, I'd say by far, really arguably the biggest story of this whole uh, three month stretch in, in a lot of ways was uh, Charles Oliveira. So the kind of the situation around the lightweight title. So. Charles Oliveira, dominant champion going into this fight and missed weight by half a pound. Championship weights, so obviously, he had to make 155, and it was 155 and a half, give or take. And he was stripped of the title. And this always, kind of looking back at this, I always remember like kind of what I was thinking real time because you're kind of waiting. And so he was, I think he might have been the last person to weigh in, and you're waiting. And kind of this, you know, as, as the weigh ins happen, if your main eventers haven't weighed in yet, it's kind of, it's like this, yeah, like a cur a graph, the interest level kind of starts going up because speculation starts going up and people start thinking, what could happen? Oh, could this happen? What, you know, all this stuff. But yeah, so he missed weight by half a pound. He was stripped of the title. Uh, however, it didn't seem to affect him. He submitted Justin Gaethje in a, in a very fun fight from what I remember. Of course, the title was vacated at that point. It was a situation where Gaethje could win it, uh, with a win, could win the, if Gaethje won, he could win the title. If, Olivera won. He didn't win the title. So it's kind of one of those weird stipulations we've seen in the past. Title was vacated. Uh, Dana White said afterward that security was being to be added in for the weigh-in scale because he talked about how fighters essentially yeah. could access it. They switched back and forth between kilos and pounds, depending where they're from in the world. So essentially, they had to add security to the, the official weigh-in scale, which is crazy. They don't have any type of security or anything like that for it anyway it's kind of odd um anyway uh drake uh revealed the the rapper drake uh, revealed the bet uh, uh countryman of yours bet over half a million on justin gaethje to win so his uh losing streak continued there and the carlos sparza to be a rose nominee for the strawweight title in a all caps boring fight this was dreadfully boring uh there's this we'll talk more about this cerrone lozon fight that 
was supposed to happen, didn't happen, supposed to happen, didn't happen for a variety of different reasons. He was uh, was out of the fight at the last second, uh, had to be scrapped, and Cerrone saying he wanted two more fights. Eventually, this fight is rebooked for Austin. We'll get to why that didn't happen in just a minute. Michael Chandler in a uh, very fun, uh, quick scrap, uh, knocking out Tony Ferguson. Uh, Again, I I put in the notes here the picture. There's the slow motion picture of Ferguson's face essentially being rearranged by the, the front kick. By um, <laughs> Michael Chandler, Leona Machida gave his uh, props to this as well. Uh, and then Dana White, uh, Dana White said he wanted to keep Tony Ferguson around, even though he had lost four straight by knockout. So it's kind of one of those those head scratchers there in terms of fighter safety and all that stuff. Shogun Hua, so we talked about, made his return and got the, took a decision loss to Owen St. Prue. And then uh, Dana White confirmed there's a ban on flags. At UFC events by fighters, and when asked, pressed why that was, he said, "You don't even want me to get into that," and then didn't answer the question. So uh, this whole event, there was there was some in cage stuff that was interesting, out of the cage stuff that was interesting. The stuff I love about these type of pay per views, there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff to talk about before, during, and after. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm amazed that um, this had never happened in UFC before, where uh, a fighter missed or lost the title on the on the uh scale and then won the fight after i'm i'm almost positive that that it never happened so um you know it was it was a pretty big deal and and then you know when you talk about security i think part of of the the story here was that Oliveira actually thought he was on weight and then you know when he when he got to the actual scale and normally the two scales the one they have backstage and the one they have um, you know, where they do the, the, um, ceremonial weigh-ins or, or the official weigh-ins earlier are, they're supposed to be calibrated the same. And so the story was, was that Oliveira was on weight in the back, but when he got into, onto the actual scale, he, he wasn't. So one of those scales had been, had been messed with, I believe was, was the story there. Right. Um, the, uh, Carlos Barza, Rose Namajunas, um, that was easily the worst, you know, fight of the year. Uh, you know, definitely the worst title fight, probably the worst fight overall, and really one of the worst title fights in UFC history. Um, I know uh, um, my podcast partner Ryan; he he definitely says it was, and he's seen them all. Um, the one I remember being worse was uh, there was a Bellator fight uh, between um, Melvin Mao. Um, Manhoof and Rafael Calvero. Yes, for the middleweight oh title. My God, that yeah. fight was terrible. So yeah, boring. I covered it for our site when we were still covering Bellator Live. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was really bad, and not in a bad like a Bob Sapp and uh, D- Data Five Thousand or whatever his name was. Uh, not not like that, you know. Where this was just like nothing happened, and uh, it was just horrible. And then as far as a went on to just try to avoid defending her title for most of the year before she finally had to and, and promptly lost it. Um, she didn't do herself any favors uh, with that one. I had to Google the pick and uh, yeah, I was reminded of it and uh, anybody listening, Google it and uh, you'll see what, what we're talking about. Just, just uh, insane. And uh, Ferguson, um, it was interesting. The, um, that he was KO'd here and, and his, uh, you know, his face got rearranged. And then we just saw him a couple months later, main eventing on pay-per-view, um, which is that to me was like just bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe that was the more surprising story of the year. I mean, a lot of circumstances led to it, but Tony Ferguson main eventing a pay-per-view in uh, 2022 after four straight losses uh, was not something I had on my bingo card. Definitely not. Yeah. And I think in Bob Sapp, I think you're thinking of Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice, you're right, you're right. Yes. Kimbo Slice and Data, was it 3,000? 5,000, correct. Yeah, yeah. I covered that one for the site, too. <laughs> uh, that, that was horrible. Oh, yeah. boy. I was, I was just making jokes through the whole commentary. People could Google it if they want. Uh, yeah, because that was the only way I could entertain myself because that yeah. was so bad. I remember I was at, I think I was visiting my friend in Charlotte that weekend. I remember just going to bed or getting go to bed and I looked at my phone and people are just panning this fight. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't wait to. Can't wait to see this this complete train wreck. John uh, McCarthy stood up. I think it was Kimbo from Mount. <laughs> like, yes, there was nothing happening. Yeah, and you've never seen that before. Awful. Uh, uh, yeah, different heavyweights, much more talented. Tom Aspinall versus uh, Curtis Blades was tabbed as a UFC London headliner. Darren Till versus Jack Hermanson, and Patty Pimlet were also uh, set aside for the show, scheduled for the show, rather. Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett was tabbed as a UFC Austin headliner. The company is per- returned to Austin, Texas. 
Dana White said, all boxing guys are overpaid. More on that in a minute. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway 3. Robbie Lawler, uh, his return fight against Brian Barbarena and Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz were all in the works for UFC 276. The aforementioned Luke Rockhold versus Paul Costa fight was officially targeted for August. UFC released 16 fighters, none really uh, of any uh, note or repute. Uh, Tiago Santos versus Jamahal Hill was set for a main event at an upcoming fight night. Daniel Cormier in, uh, announced to be inducted into the Hall of Fame during the summer. Yari Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega was set for a July fight night main event in Long Island. Uh, Kai Kara France versus Brandon Moreno for the interim light, uh, flyweight title, rather. And then uh, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes, a rematch for uh, set for USC 277. Obviously, the big upset win by Juliana Pena in 2021. We've talked about buy rates before. Uh, I got leaked out by uh, Bob's ESPN sources to John O'Ran that UFC 274 did over 400,000 domestic buys on pay-per-view. And then Bellator 281, Logan Storley winning the interim welterweight title over MVP. Paul Daly won his final fight via knockout retirement. However, he said afterward he would come out of retirement if he get a rematch with Nick Diaz or Jorge Masvidal. So, of course, again, there's retirement until a good fight that could make you some money comes along. And then afterwards, Scott Coker was not happy with uh, Logan Storley winning the fight. He said, uh, I think the quote was basically, you can't win by just laying on someone. So he did the promoter thing. And, uh, you know, obviously the less, the, the more popular guy lost. So he did that, uh, that gimmick thoughts on any of that. Uh, yeah. Paul Daly saying that he will only be retired unless he gets a fight with Nick Diaz or Jorge Masvidal. Uh, that's code for he is retired because he is not getting either one of those fights. <laughs> um, I suppose if Nick Diaz, you know, was to have his contract expire and move over to Bellator, it'd be possible. But UFC is never bringing Paul Daly back no. um, after how he left uh, the last time. Uh, UFC 274, I'd forgotten that there was actually, because I think I said on the last show that we didn't get any pay-per-view information this year, but we did get one, which is 400,000. So that kind of tells you how everything else did. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we didn't hear about it means it's below 400,000 and in some cases probably significantly below that. Um, I remember uh, the Cormier uh, being announced for the Hall of Fame announcement was uh, was kind of a special moment. I think it was during a fight night, and he was on the on the mic, and he didn't know it was coming. So he was very emotional when when it was announced, and uh, that was something that if you were watching, and I know a lot of people don't watch all the shows, I do. Um, so that was a very special moment that that we got uh, watch, watching that show, and uh, the fighters being released. I mean, it's always kind of a a story when it happens and, and again you know we'll go back to it it's just the fighters that are have been around for a while that aren't really moving up the rankings that are you know kind of winning as much as, or losing as much as they win are probably in danger of being cut and uh and that's what happened here so uh hopefully um uh you know they well, i shouldn't say hopefully i mean it's going to keep happening so yeah um it's just kind of the way things work now uh, they run more like a sports team than uh you know they they used to be uh, we'll go over this other chunk for May. Uh, UFC Vegas results. UFC Vegas 54. Jan Blokovic severe Alexander Rakic by leg injury. Uh, Rakic suffered a torn ACL and put him out of action, obviously, for quite some time. BJ Penn entered the Hawaii governor's race despite not really having much of a platform. Ashley Evans-Smith was suspended by USADA for 14 months due to a botched prescription. Uh, Scott Coker and Khabib Magomedov Met on a potential Fedor versus Junior Dos Santos co-promotion, co-promoted fight between the two. However, a couple days later, Jorge, uh, Jorge Dos Santos, uh, JDS lost uh, a fight to Jorgen De Castro, another former UFC fighter, if I remember right, at an Eagle FC event. And then JDS uh, suffered a, sh a shoulder injury that would uh, require surgery. So any chances of that happening were soon scrapped. Alistair Overeem was set to make his. Pro wrestling debut against Braun Strowman for a company called WES in June. Not. You guys want to get the whole story <laughs> on that? You obviously listen to the year in review series. In that pro wrestling, uh, Alexander Rodriguez, a.k.a. A-Rod, invested in the PFL and also joined their board of directors. So, again, despite uh, – I, I, I keep thinking every time I bring up PFL that they're the, the number two now – that could very well be the case. I mean, they certainly are bringing on more money, more stars, and, and there's something interesting there. I don't know what yet, but kind of something to uh, to talk about more. Uh, UFC Vegas 55 results. Ketlin Vieira won a split decision over Holly Holm, and then Michael Pereira had a split decision win over Santiago Ponce de Bio. I include this in here because I guess it was a great fight. I don't remember anything about it. 
But uh, apparently that was a pretty good fight. Anderson Silva continued his exhibition boxing run on a uh, on his way to an eventual fight with Jake Paul. Uh, Mark Munoz, remember him? Placed on administrative leave at his high school by allowing students to box to settle rift. He denied doing that. Damian Maia said he wanted one more UFC fight because he had one more fight left on his contract. Kenan Burrell returned to the sport after taking three years off, former uh, UFC bantamweight champion. Uh, AJ, let's see. Oh, you know, this I clearly say because this is, uh, again, in retrospect, we'll talk more about this, the, the passing of Anthony Johnson, but he he posed a picture where he was very slimmed down. Obviously, we know why, but there was he said he was training for a fight. And it's one of those things where you just don't know because he was saying he was training for a fight, great shape, all this. And obviously the reason they lost all the waves, he was obviously suffering from cancer. And it was just it was just one of these things that stood out to me as now that you kind of know this all these months later, kind of where we were back in May, uh, you just don't know. Uh, Nate Diaz said he was aiming for a 2022 UFC return. Uh, Tito Ortiz said he wanted to return to the UFC for a retirement fight against Shogun Hua. And then Paul Costa allegedly assaulted a nurse over a vaccination card issue in Brazil, which he and his team vehemently denied. And so it was the character assassination, all this stuff. But again, Paul Costa, weird things just kind of surround this guy, no matter what. Thoughts on any of that? What was I just saying about Paulo Costa being a knucklehead? Uh, <laughs> proves itself right here. That's right. Um, the Yeah, the uh, Michelle Pahea fight of Ponzinibbio. Yeah, I do remember that one being uh, like a really exciting fight. It won fight of the night on that show and uh, was, uh, you know, just kind of a – it was one of the – it was actually a fight where Michelle Pahea kind of toned down the um, – the theatrics that he's kind of known for, you know, showboating and everything, and, and just decided to have an actual fight. And I think uh, most people actually had Ponzinibbio winning, but, uh, you know, Pahea did, did get the decision. So uh, A-Rod, I think the figure that I'd heard that he had invested was like something like $20 million. Oh, interesting. Um, and huh. yeah, it was just ridiculous. I mean, he's got more money than God, but, um, you know, that's how this company keeps going because I – I can't imagine they're getting anything for their ESPN deal. Uh, not a lot of people are going to their shows. They ran a pay-per-view that I can't imagine more than 500 people bought, you know, at $50. Um, and, and they ran an arena in New York that, you know, they, they sold, I think a thousand tickets to like, uh, uh, I think it was, yeah, it's, it, it feels like money laundering, but I, I don't know if that's it. Uh, the Alistair Overeem, Braun Sherman. I just listened to you and Mike Gilbert talking about that on That's the right. uh, on the June series. That's yeah, wrestling entertainment series. That yes, we're still waiting for their first show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and BJ, I forgot about the him entering the Hawaii governor's race. I guess maybe that's where um, Herschel Walker uh, got the uh, the motivation <laughs> or the idea to do it. And uh, Herschel was slightly more successful than BJ, but uh, thank goodness did not get voted in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows when BJ will yeah. end up on a ticket? No politics somewhere. here, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Former, obviously former Bellator MMA fighter, Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Back in, those were the, the oh, sorry, Strike Force rather. Strike Force. I kind of. Yeah. So maybe, too. maybe we'll, we'll probably touch on that in a future episode. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, those were fun days. Those Strike Force days. I miss those because yep. they, they just, the, I just remember the, I, I just thinking in my head now, like the cage was well lit. There always seemed to be a fun atmosphere. People were there. They weren't. Uh, they they had the difference between that and the Challenger series. The Challenger series were always really fun. They mm-hmm. uh, I I miss I miss those days of the Strike Force shows because again they had a good amount of talent and it was a lot of just uh, it was a lot of AKA talent. But then they would throw in like those Herschel Walker fights. There's kind of like fun stuff that made you that you look forward to seeing because you didn't know how it was going to turn out. And it just Lashley felt, fought on those shows. A few that's times, right. I think. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah no. Ronda Rousey started. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, for me, it was like, I watched it every, that's part of what got me like hooked into MMA was those shows more than more so than the UFC. Honestly. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I just met those late night challenger shows. Yep. And this was, uh, well before I was married and had a family or anything. I would stay up till you know, two in the morning watching those because they were just, they were fun. They were on really late, yeah. and, but it was like a kind of like, like club atmosphere. It was, those are, those are really good shows. I miss those days. Uh, let's go to June and kind of round things out and starting out the month or starting out the month, kind of the biggest news of the month, a change in the light heavyweight championship. So Yuri Prohashka submitting Glover to Shara to win the light heavyweight title. Again, uh, they get the uh, feel-good story of Glover winning the title. That would change really quickly. Uh, obviously, he'll get his chance to regain the title. We'll talk about the, that a little bit on later on in the year. Weili Zhang knocking out Yuan Yuan Jacek, a nasty spinning back fist. And then that multi-fight deal, 
it kind of just went in the wind. In the wind, you uh, had Jacek retiring immediately after the fight and uh, calling it a career. Obviously, a great one. We can talk about that in a minute. But another great career, Valentina Shevchenko. We're so used to her dominating these fights. Edged out Talia Santos in a split decision to retain the flyweight title. Later, she revealed she had injured her foot going into the fight, and then during the fight, during a clash of heads, Santos uh, suffered a broken orbital bone. So you have a, a couple different things happening here. You have uh, thoughts in my mind. So light heavyweight title, and we've talked about this ever since you know John Jones uh, was so dominant. There's been no real dominant run at light heavyweight. And I think it's something a lot of people kind of predicted, right? That it was going to be shifted around a bit, you know, and that the division was a little bit more tighter than it used to be. You have obviously um, you and Jacek retiring after a really notable career for a lot of different reasons. Again, the the great fights, the uh, the first Whaley Zhang fight where she had the giant alien growing out of her head, uh, which is a crazy visual. And obviously you have uh, Valentina Shevchenko really – you know, this wasn't really a standout year for her. It was just kind of a, a normal year. I think competition is kind of part of that. But, like, she just kind of keeps doing her thing and but doesn't really seem to kind of move the meter at all. Um, thoughts about any of that? Two of 75 and any of those thoughts? Uh, yeah, this was really one of the, um, I thought, the best pay-per-views of the year. Um, you know, you had that main event, which may have been, you know, I talked about the um, – uh, the Esparza Rose fight being the worst title fight of all time. This may have been the best. Um, it was, it was like a movie, you know, just every single round was just back and forth. And you thought one guy was finished and then he came back. And then, you know, like you had fights that looked like they're going to be 10, eight for one rounds that looked like they're going to be 10, eight for one fighter. And then the other guy would come back and, you know, almost win the round. And then going into the fifth, like Petroska was, you know, it was probably even, but Petroska was losing the round. And then, he they went to the ground and you're like oh man you go to the ground with glover you're gonna get submitted and then he submitted glover i mean it was just it was just incredible and you know 28 seconds left in the fight and he and he wins the title um you know where you thought the only way this guy was going to win is by knockout like the longer the fight went glover was going to win like that yeah. was just what everybody thought um and then in the co-main uh you mentioned like talia santos nobody gave her a chance she was the biggest underdog on the card um and uh and she she dom she was dominating valentina early and then they had that clash of heads and that completely turned the fight around uh valentina ended up holding on to get the split decision win. um you know there obviously were people thought that talia actually won i think i may be one of them uh i don't remember my score but i seem to recall thinking that she won um and uh but but then you know she had the broken orbital bone and she's you know injured and i don't think we've seen her fight again since but we'll definitely get a rematch at some point which is good because um nobody's been able to give her uh, a good match and then and then of course we had that knockout in the uh Whaley Joanna fight uh that was just incredible and set Whaley up to uh to get her title rematch and she ended up winning the title and then we had two other knockouts on the on the main card so literally we had four um you know four finishes and then the one uh you know kind of classic underdog tail which is pretty much the best you can ask for on a, on a ufc pay-per-view main card and and the prelims were you know, not quite as good but you know you know not too bad either some knockouts and some good fights so uh, i was really really impressed with uh with the ufc uh 275 in june and their june pay-per-views sometimes are a little leave a little bit to be desired but uh this was not one of them this was a all-time memorable show, in my opinion. Yeah, thoughts on uh, Ioana's career and and stuff that stands out and, and all that. Um, you know what? Like, I think that she. I mean, for a while, people thought she was pound for pound, like maybe the best fighter. Um, you know, it, it, certainly for females, but maybe even for men in some cases, because she she kind of waxed um, uh, Carlos Sparza to win the title and then went on to defend it. Uh, a bunch of times. I think, uh, yeah, that's who she beat. Yeah, Carla Sparza. And I thought at the time, like, she kind of exposed that tournament that they had. Uh, I think it was Tough 20, um, where it was all the straw weights that's and Carla right. Sparza beat Rose Nama Yunus. And then she goes on her first defense, and Joanna wasn't in the tournament, and she just completely waxed her. I saw a couple of those fights that she had live. Um, I believe the Claudia fight at the Tough 23 finale, and then uh, the fight against Karolina Kovalkiewicz, I think. 
um, on the Alvarez McGregor undercard. I, I know I've saw I've seen her fight twice, but she had that run where you know she started out in UFC. I think she was in one of the very first strawweight fights in UFC history, and she would go on to win eight in a row, and uh, before losing the title to Rose. And then after that, like you know, once once Rose kind of exposed her, she just went on to you know kind of lose a lot. She was two in five in her last seven fights and uh i do think like i remember at the time thinking you know this sounded weird and uh you know uh people that would know were saying no you know what in this case it's probably real she wants to have a baby and she wants to do this and that and i just i thought you know what maybe she does have the baby and then come back like misha tate did uh but in this case i mean she's already talking about coming back so i think it was just you know like not reacting very well to a bad loss and uh you know and, and we probably will see her again because mm. i don't think she's going to be able to make the kind of money she's making in ufc doing anything else and she, i think she's got a pretty nice contract so uh hopefully we see her again but if she does stay retired hopefully she you know starts a family and does really well yeah two losses to yeah after going a career to 14 and 0 yeah two back-to-back yeah. rose losses win over tisha torres lost to valentina shevchenko Went over Michelle Watterson, then two straight losses to uh, Zhang Weili. So definitely fighting a top competition there. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, very, very, again, as we've talked about, fires never retire. This way for the next great opportunity. Uh, <laughs> let's go, let's go over this first chunk here. Dana, Dana White, again, we just said, mentioned last month about boxers getting paid too much. He abandoned his idea of a boxing promotion, said it was a broken business, according to him. Uh, <laughs> Kale Harrison versus Julia Budd, initially set for the PFL regular season finale. However, Budd got injured later, and it was changed to uh, Caitlin Young instead. Invicta champion Emily Ducote signed with UFC. John Dodson, former uh, flyweight title, uh, flyweight challenger himself, signed with BKFC. UFC in Vegas 56. Alexander Volkov starring, stopping Yair Rosenstruck early via TKL. I know a lot of people, including Yair, thought there was a, an early stoppage. And then Felice Herrick retired after her loss on the show, kind of a, an OG when it comes to female fighting yep. and how to market yourself in and outside the cage. Greg Hardy was moving to boxing. Uh, Dominic Cruz, this is Cheeto Vera, was scheduled for a August fight night main event. Dana White said a vaccination requirement was preventing the UFC's return to Canada. MVP announced he was going to move to bare knuckle boxing, at least for one fight, and he was going to take on the one and only Mike Perry. There were more UFC roster cuts. Uh, it was learned that UFC made over more than $1 billion a year. No big surprise there. Uh, Jose Aldo's return was planned for UFC 278 against Marib. D. D. Vashavili, uh, I'd actually pronounce this out, pronunciation guide. Uh, and then uh, Bellator announced they were going to be debuting in Washington State with Patricky Pitbull versus Brian Alvarez. I mean, Sydney Outlaw. Sorry. Thoughts on, any of, <laughs> thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I don't know if uh, – I think Alvarez is probably more like a flyweight. Mm. Um, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm not a ton here. Um, the Invicta, I've been watching Emily Ducote, uh way, way back, like to Bellator, and I think I saw some of her like very early fights. So I was excited to see her in UFC, and she doesn't look great so far, but hopefully uh, hopefully she has a decent run. Um, John Dodson, I was kind of sad to see him sign with Bare Knuckle Fighting. Um, he was a guy that for years, you know, you saw in the UFC cards, kind of a gatekeeper at that uh, bantamweight division. It was like, if you could beat him, you'd move into the top five. And if you couldn't, then, you know, you weren't ever going to be a contender. And, and But when it, whenever he would step up, he would tend to lose those big fights. Yep. Uh, Felice, Felice Herrig um, retiring. as another one that kind of feels like it's probably legit, given how long she's been around and kind of kicked off. Um, it seemed like every other week we were getting, you know, somebody retire and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and all these names and it kind of even got us to talking, uh, you know, on, on my podcast, just at one point we just kind of went over all the people that have retired and just kind of bringing us back to when we started becoming fans because yeah. Felice Herring's another one. I remember her watching her on Bellator on MTV, you know, like that's how long back she goes. Um, you know, you know, and, and then she, when she got into UFC and she was kind of in between weight classes because they had straw weight and they had bantam weight and she was more of a flyweight. So it was, um, you know, there's a few fighters that kind of fell into that category for her, but she kind of toughed it out and she made a bit of a name for herself. Um, and the Dana White story, um, with the vax, the vaxing, um, this was an issue, like even in regular sports, you know, yeah. um, there, yeah, anytime pl- teams would come to Toronto, uh, the, you know, they, to play the Blue Jays, they would usually be missing. Remember Kansas City Royals at one point That's were missing right. like ten players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, they finally, uh, right before the basketball season started, they lifted that requirement. So that, that would have been like October. So I think uh, coming in 2023, we're going to probably see the UFC back in Canada. Oh, yeah, because, definitely. yeah, yeah, because now you can, you know, you can go back and forth freely. I haven't really heard much vaccination talk. People are still getting them. They're just not uh, required. You don't need them to get on a plane anymore. Last plane, last flight I took, we still needed them, but you don't need them anymore. So, yeah. All right, go over this last chunk to wrap things up. UFC 279 getting Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw for uh, the Bantamweight title. We'll talk more about that coming up next episode. Aljamain said he wanted a pay increase, however, if he was going to sign the contract. Corey Sandhagen, San, yeah, Corey Sandhagen versus Song Gadong was targeted for a main event fight night in the future. Cerrone Lozon was canceled again. And a very strange reason this time at UFC Austin. Loza, this is like a, something that we deal with, Paul. Uh, Lozon's knee locked while putting on his socks. <laughs> you Every know, day. You can't, you can't make this shit up, man. You cannot make no. this shit up. Uh, and then UFC Austin, the show itself. Kevin Holland submitting Tim Means. Josh Emmett edging out Calvin Cater in a split decision victory. And then Eddie Weinland talking about another retirement. This guy that I talked to for an, uh, early in my fight magazine career. Uh, interviewed him before his... Uh, who was taking on at that point? It might have been a uh, Uriah Faber fight or something like that. Ended up retiring after a loss there. Uh, Nate Diaz requested his release again. So, again, a month after wanting to come back, he requested his release again. Dana White also said around the same time that it was maybe it was good if he went and fought Jake Paul. So, uh, who knows? We'll talk more about Diaz in a future episode. Dana White saying it is undeniable that Kamar Usman has surpassed. GSP as the welterweight go. Uh, of course, Donald Cerrone fighting Jim Miller at UFC 276. A nice veterans fight there for Cerrone. Bellator 282. We talked about this last time. Johnny Eblen defeating Kegard Basasi to win the middleweight championship and doing it pretty convincingly. Uh, Stevie Ray, not of Harlem Heat, submitted Anthony Pettis with a modified body triangle at PFL 5. Again, to bring this up because obviously Pettis, a well-known former UFC fighter, and just, you know, career seems to be basically... Kind of toast at this point. Uh, UFC Vegas 57 results. Mateus Gamrat defeating Armand Shrukian in a very fun fight. And uh, Shavkat Rachmanov defeating Neil Magny. This is a classic uh, a case of this whole card being like, who is this person? Who is this person? Just again, <laughs> yeah. just you get these where you have fights every and events every single weekend. You're going to get some of these cards. And this is kind of one of those cards. Uh, the Misha Tate uh, Lauren Murphy fight was off 276. Due to COVID, there were some rumblings about a Chris Cyborg, Katie Taylor super fight in a boxing ring. Francis Ganu, it was a report he was eyeing a potential December turn. And there were some rumblings about a fight with uh, John Jones. Uh, Dana White said that John Jones was ready to go. He's interested in making him against Stephen Miocic or Francis Ngannou. Still waiting on that. Val- Valerie Lareda signed with WWE, uh, signed to uh, put aside her MMA career for the time being and possibly forever, obviously. Uh, somewhat pretty well known, I guess you could say, in the Bellator ring for, uh, or the cage rather, for the very few fights that she had due to a, a great look, I would say. And then Sarah Kaufman, a countryman of yours, uh, retiring yep. after a, a long run in the cage, both in uh, Strike Force uh, and then also UFC as well, and a lot of regional promotions too. So, uh, thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just brought up in the last little segment about, uh, so yeah, it must have been right around this time that we did the discussion about all the uh, people retiring, because right. again, you know, Sarah Kaufman uh, is another one that, uh, you know, I've been following for well over a decade, um, and uh, you mentioned somebody else in this segment too, it's, oh, Eddie Wineland, Eddie Wineland you know, yeah. of course, yeah, going back to, uh, um, yeah, I'm blanking, the, um, the old one that used to be on Versus. Oh, I'm, WEC. WEC, yeah, yeah, I believe, yeah. W, he's a big uh, former WEC fighter, I believe. He was a very, um, he was actually their very first. Uh, was it lightweight champion? And it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, that was actually that was one of the things I talked about in that interview. Now I remember okay. that. Yeah, he was. Well, but that was in a, in a time when nobody cared about the WEC. They were fighting in exactly, in park, yeah, before in lots before in California Zoom bought it, right? Yes, yeah. they're yeah. They, I remember they were doing shows. And yeah. He was talking about this. They were doing a. Uh, like hot on the hot California sun, they were fighting out in like a like a trucker's parking lot or something like that. There was no TV or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I de- yeah. So I, yeah, definitely. Like when I started watching it, uh, he was already you know pretty well established. Um, Anthony Pettis was interesting because I remember when he got cut uh, by UFC in uh, you know 2020. 
uh, or his contract ran out, I guess. And, it, you know, P, uh, PFL made a big deal about signing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes on to lose four out of five fights in PFL. And uh, I think, you know, he probably figured, oh, yeah, I'm going to go in and win that million-dollar tournament. And, you know, it's just a foregone conclusion. And uh, that's not exactly what happened. Um, and now at this point, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he hangs it up uh, at some point because it's, it's just not happening for him. Um, the, uh, yeah, Nate Diaz, I mean, this just story just wouldn't go away. Just kept trying to get his release. And then eventually just out of nowhere, you know, he signed a fight and, uh, and then it was like, yeah, and this is gonna be his last fight. And, uh, and then he's gonna be gone. And, you know, that's kind of what happened. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I do think we're going to see him again at some point, but, uh, you know, he just, I think he just wanted to try some other things and, uh, and we'll talk more about that, I think in the next, uh, in the next segment, but or in the next, uh, uh, show but um he uh you know he's uh you know it's it, he's just kind of keeping in the news um and uh, yeah other than that yeah the uh, bell tour 282 again a huge upset uh again nobody really gave uh, johnny eblin much of a chance but it by the same token i'm not sure exactly how much it resonated because i think if you asked most you, you know most people that call themselves mma fans who the beltorn middleweight champion is i'm not sure how many of them would have come up with johnny eblin as, as a name just off the top of their head so um yeah uh but yeah another uh, another interesting month and uh, oh uh, valerie Loreda. i i do think that she has a chance in wwe she was always more uh flash than dash i think is as the case goes she had mm-hmm. you know the popular little dance that she would do after her fights but uh i think she's well more suited for uh pro wrestling than mma i'll just say i i would agree i think she yeah i think she has the look and she seems to have the desire so yeah. again I, I, I think she's close uh, to to uh, debuting, is what Shawn Michaels said in the last press conference. Well, she did. She debuted on a um, on one of the Coconut Loop shows. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be yeah. And and look, they have the they have the advantage of taking it slow. It's just a question of whether the talents involved think they should take it slow. So it's kind of going to be that confluence of things. But yeah, I think I think she has a shot for sure, based on the look and. Uh, showed up for ring gear for the first time. It's just she has that that look. It's just a question of actually whether she can wrestle or not. And again, yeah, yeah. I, she just started this year, so I'm expecting nothing until like you know 2024 in terms of any type of like you know yeah. real progress. You know, who knows? Well, we'll just have to hear what the random name generator comes up with. For her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So. That wraps it up for uh, this edition. So we have April, May, and June in the books. Again, some uh, interesting things, uh, some consistent themes being, of course, Nate Diaz asking for his retirement, or asking for his uh, release, rather, lots of retirements and so on, and, uh, you know, champions retaining and uh, some new champions as well. And, yeah, that uh, yeah, I think probably, you know, the biggest story is that, you know, that UFC 274, everything going on around that with uh, the Oliveira thing, because obviously the lightweight title being... Arguably, arguably the best division in the sport when you have the top organization sport of vacant titles, you know, question of what happens now. And we would soon learn what would happen after that. And uh, no Conor McGregor. Imagine that. So, No, not once, I don't think. Uh, I think we you may, you briefly mentioned yes. him at one point, comparing him to Kamzat. Yes, but and he also we got... Did, we didn't actually talk about him. We, one, it was one headline. He was charged with six offenses yeah. after getting pulled over. Oh, that, yeah. Big surprise. Too, yeah. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad we got to that point. But yeah, good, uh, fun three-month run, and then uh, we'll be back next week with another three months and keep on going throughout this year. Paul, before we let you go, plug away. All right. Uh, Fight Game Media, uh, where same feed that our same place where you found this podcast, just search uh, Fight Game Media in the uh, in the. Uh, search bar and you'll find our podcast uh in the clinch uh drops every tuesday myself and ryan frederick who does the ufc coverage for uh, this very website we talk about we generally basically the format is i know it's one you've expressed that you're not a big fan of but i know a lot of people like it is you know kind of going over the previous week uh going looking ahead to the coming week but we also have some fun segments we do a question of the week we do uh we have to talk about you know, which is generally going to be whatever the big news is of the week, you know, so this past week it was UFC judging and uh, we'll usually throw up a clip on YouTube as well on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. So you can check that out. And this week it was about the judging. So Mm. Um, and Ryan occasionally has some scoops uh, along the way. So, you know, those are always fun. And uh, I also do a show called The Dynamite Show on the uh, Fight Game Media Patreon, patreon.com 
Yeah. Patreon.com backslash fight game media. Uh, five bucks a month. You get uh, our show as well as uh, about five or six other shows a week. And we basically go over AEW Dynamite immediately after it airs. And uh, occasionally we'll do a free show on the YouTube channel as well. So if you subscribe to Fight Game Media on YouTube, you'll get an alert whenever we do a live show. Mm. And to clarify, I, I don't mind recap shows. I just didn't want to do one when in a website for yourself that already, that already okay. has like five or six gotcha. of them. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Th- yeah, those yeah. are what I think. I think, uh, yeah. So think, you meant more for yourself. You don't like doing them oh, yeah, as yeah. opposed to listening to them. You don't mind listening I, to them. You just didn't want to do one. Yeah. I mean, look, I like there is, it's fun to, fun to talk about what just happened because that's what we yeah. do. We talk, we talk online. So it's kind of fun to actually do that in person. But yeah, I think if I was to do it with this website, I mean, we already have like three or four of those, maybe five already. So for me, it's like, I could just do some redundant or I could do something different. So, um, yeah. but no, no I, I, I like, I like your show. It is different. And, um, you know, occasionally you, you will preview a show if you just happen to have somebody involved, you know, if it's yeah. a really big show and you have somebody on and they have something interesting to say, I think right. that's the key for you, right? Yes. You want that take that nobody else has. Yeah. And I try to get, um, try to get people you don't hear from a lot. Like for the yep. impact stuff, when I talked yep. to, to Scott Demore, I specifically wanted to get that interview as early in the week as I could because I knew he might do a few of those. So that's why I got it up yeah. like same day. Yeah. I think it's more, yeah, more kind of stuff like if someone could listen to a bunch of the same thing, um, maybe just do something different that kind of fits in and answers some other questions. Yeah. So yeah. good stuff there. So, yeah. So we'll talk to you. Uh, yeah. Next week, Paul, we got Christmas coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. And then, uh, yeah, we're right into 2023. This time's flying by. We're already halfway through the year. I know. I know. We talk yeah. about the summertime. We're both looking at snow outside a window. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Paul Fontaine. Winnipeg. I know. Here more often than it's not. <laughs> on, on that note, Paul, thanks so much. All right. Big thanks to Paul Fontaine for dropping by. You'll hear from him two more times, obviously, before this series is done. And, yeah, we have the Year Review and Pro Wrestling Series continuing. Uh, this week we have, what, September and October. And the next week will be November. And then we'll be uh, at the end of the year with December. So, yeah, part four of uh, MMA series. And then uh, part uh, December and the Pro Wrestling Series will come up in the last week of January. So finalizing some stuff with all the guests and all that good stuff this week. So, yeah, the series is uh, is winding down, and Christmas is winding up or something like that. So I'm going to let you go. Big thanks to Paul. Thanks to all you. Until next time, insert catchphrase here. <laughs>